1: You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Nick Russo and his wife, Bettina Hershey are my guests on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Banjo, Nickaroo, and Western Scutches is their band, and we're talking about their sophomore CD titled, Get Us Out of Fearland. So Nick and Bettina, hi, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi Greg, thanks so much for this great opportunity, and uh, it's great to talk with you again.
1: Yeah, you're right, it's been about a year I guess that we uh, we talked and and you guys have been busy and and on the road and and um, working on a new record, so we definitely want to talk about that. Um, when we talked last time, uh, and in the show notes, I will uh, point you guys, listeners, back to that. Um, but for those uh, kind of set the stage, Nick, give me just a just a quick background because you had a, kind of an interest uh, interesting introduction into music and, and how this all got started for you originally. Give me just a, a highlight of that
2: very next thing, our debut album came out in 2016, and we basically extracted some songs and reworked them from our sister band, Hot Jazz Jumpers, and then Bettina and I included our two originals. One we wrote together called I'm Getting Married, and we were really pleasantly surprised. It was number five in folk radio for September 2016, if my memory serves me, and then I think number six artist, and we played at Nerfa. And we've been having uh, just a wonderful uh, experience seeing how this grows and playing not only as a duo, but trio. We have different configurations. Uh, We also have a quartet. And we played a a semi-formal showcase at Nerfa the following year, just past uh, 2017. So it's a nice uh, climb to see all these different things and done wood, wood songs and been on John Platt's both his show at WFUV, but also On Your Radar at Rockwood and. We're, we're psyched.
1: And what was the name of that album?
2: It's called uh, Very Next Thing.
1: Yep, okay, got it. Um, originally, when, when you first uh, got introduced to music, I, I believe you told me it was uh, by your uncle, is that right? Your yeah, uncle my and uncle and your Mike,
2: dad? And, and that's right. My dad, Rich Russo, is now gone about 10 or 11 years, and he was in the band in the 19... 19- 60s called Scarecrow, not the later band in the 80s called The Scarecrow, but right. <laughs> Scarecrow. Um, and they were on Columbia Records, and they tore with Fly and the Family Stone, and he had a hit record when he was 13, and got to play in, in Chuck Berry's band. So he had some some career, he got to know Jimi Hendrix and a lot of people on that scene. So I grew up in a recording studio actually playing drums on some backing tracks with family members. Uh, also, my Uncle John, he was passed away, a great singer-songwriter with my dad's um, brother, Mike Russo, Malcolm Mike, who's still around. He's an amazing singer-songwriter, incredible um, blues guitar player. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of um, music growing up, and we played this family jam sessions, and I switched from drums. I still play drums, but then went to guitar and electric bass, and yeah, it's always uh, it was always a good time at our house. Our our place was the center house for all the kids to hang out. So yeah. <laughs> When I got older, uh, my own bands with um, one of my best friends, Charlie Cosey and John Dunning, we'd have our own band and use my dad's recording gear, A track reel to reel, and wow, all mixing cool. gear and stuff.
1: And I think if uh, if my memory serves me right, your original intention was to uh, go to college and maybe work in science. Is that right? Some, something oh, like that? Oh, good
2: memory. Yeah, I wound up doing a BS <laughs> in science, and I was pre-med for many years, and I still love science, and actually, my uncle Mike uh, is a retired chemist, so we have that, in, in and yeah. our influences in our family, but I played music the whole time, and, and actually, my uncle, um, my, sorry, my grandfather, another Nick Russo, who played with Red Nickels and his Five Pennies, and Spike jones mm-hmm. when he passed away that was a little bit of a determining factor i thought wow you know life is so short and i was literally playing practicing classical guitar in the hospital when i was visiting him wow. and i just decided you know what I, I just have to do music all the time something i have to do mm-hmm. it wasn't something i could just do on the side mm-hmm. and that's when i decided uh regardless of money i'm just gonna play you know
1: yeah yeah and
2: i nice. uh, also music uh, patina comes from a very musical uh family talk about your dad or maybe she mentioned last uh Year about her dad Lowell She's a well-known classical trumpet player. You
1: know, and and I'm if I I'm not sure that we got to talk about that last time. And I would love to know that, Bettina. If you could give me a a bit of your introduction into the music world um, when you first got started. Oh,
0: sure. I I was um, I grew up in a super musical household because my mom played the piano every single day, and she's a painter, so every day mm. she painted. And my dad um, plays the trumpet with. Um, Many Broadway shows. When I was bored, he was born. He was doing Candide
2: hmm.
0: when I was five. He was doing Peter Pan Broadway. Um, he he does uh, Phantom of the Opera, and I ended up uh, getting the part of Meg and touring uh, the national tour of Phantom of the Opera. Hmm. That's cool. And uh, he played with all kinds of uh, things like um, Alvin Ailey Dance Company and Mar- Martha Graham, and I ended up uh, and Paul Taylor. They all had um, orchestras back then and um i got to see all these modern dance companies and i also did a lot of modern dancing i got mm-hmm. super inspired by all the things that he was playing and and um and my mom was super creative so i was always writing songs and she would help me learn how to write the music down and and she was always calling me her little songbird mm. <laughs>
2: And Bettina wound up being in a couple movies because she worked with Julia Roberts as one of the principal dancers in Mona Lisa Smile. Oh, she's in cool. all, the, all the dance scenes, right, Bettina?
1: Yeah, that's cool.
2: And also Disney's Enchanted is another movie. And then she's also in Malcolm X, But I think are, are the other movies she had more uh, major parts.
1: Yeah, wow, that's neat. And, and I, I don't know if we talked about this last time, Nick, or not, but um, you actually got to play with uh, Paul McCartney, is that right?
2: Yeah, that was incredible. And actually, Patina's uh, dad also got to play a gig with Paul McCartney. He actually played a full gig with St. Luke's Orchestra. Oh, My cool. story was just a uh, still very um, memorable that I got to play two songs of them at Gwyneth Paltrow's house. I was playing in a jazz quartet and the band was taking a break and the organizers um, were trying to work out a way that the band can play continuous, which is something that musicians kind of shun upon. Sure, with, yeah. <laughs> with You know, it's like, we need a break, all, and you need a break as a team, because then you get to hang, and that's when you tell anecdotes and stories and, and right. the music breathes, and you come back with second set recharge. But with Paul there, Paul was actually singing along with all these 20s, these obscure standards that we we're playing, like really obscure 20s tunes, including the verses. He knew all the words, and when the break came, I I offered to play solo guitar, and he walked right over and he started playing this little toy harmonica. He was holding a boy; I thought it was his son actually. Huh. And he was, we talked a little bit. Well, first he sort of started jamming with me, and we talked between songs. And the videographers came around, just boom, surrounded us. So I know there's a video of this. And then I broke into a uh, Sodanza. I was playing Sodanza Samba when he joined me. This Joe Beam. Uh, basically, I was playing it as a Samba, but it's a. Um, People play as a bassa, and then, uh, secondly, I went into um, a blues, and then when he walked away, I played something, and he gave me a a thumbs up, and I felt so gratified, but then the musicians were making fun of me, and at the end, Chris Martin, who was married to Gwyneth at the time, from Coldplay, said, "You you have a lot of nerve playing a George Harrison tune to for Paul McCartney, you know, kind of half-joking around. (laughs) But I took it to heart. I really felt bad for the longest time until I talked to my childhood friend, Charlie Cosey, and I told him the story. And He said, Nick, what are you worried about? Paul plays something as a tribute to George Harrison on ukulele every concert. So I said, all right. I'm yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I knew Paul was cool; that he was yeah. very down to earth. But then I was—I told my musician friends, "Hey, you know, something is a great tune, and it also falls really well on on the guitar." So yeah, yeah. to answer your question, it was a, an amazing experience. Yeah,
1: that's cool. What and, and what a what a memory to hang on to, you know, and to inspire you forward to to do other things like that. So that's that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. the 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 official name of the band is Banjo Nickaroo and Western Scooches. Um, and what what does I I don't know uh, how to put into words exactly what that conjures up for me. What uh, musically what, what does the uh, theme uh, for the band um, when you guys play it's a it's a mix of twenties and and jazz and some different kinds of things. Does it can you define it Does it fit in something for you guys? Yeah, it's interesting,
2: and then now the new album is—it's uh, mostly all originals, except we do um, a version of Hundred Miles, all these amazing tunes that Patina wrote. And now the new album, Get Us Out of Fearland, that'll be coming out June. Well, June Fourteenth is our release concert, by the way, at Drome. Okay. I should mention uh-huh. in New York City—it's a D-R-O-M. But to answer your question, it's a melting pot. It's everything but the kitchen sink. We have Indian instruments. I'm playing harmonium and rainstick on uh, Don't You Follow Me, and then we have uh, the opening track, Soar, which is a little bit of the alt-grass. And then Bettina wrote these pieces, a lot of them actually being at Folk Alliance International in the hotel room right after the election. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot of, uh, we have three uh, specific social conscious tunes, uh, I Wish the World Knew Why, and um, and also uh, Need now I Mention, and Dandelion, we brought in some gospel singers, which is um, amazing. And of course, Get Us Out of Fearland, the title track. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we have that that aspect, and then we have a Suriname drummer who I played in Belikas Zara's band for with me, uh, many years, mm-hmm. this a great Moroccan um, band. And uh, Harvey Wirt plays drums on a bunch of the tracks. We still have Dr. David Pleasant from the first album with his uh, amazing Gallici rhythms, and then we added some um, New Orleans flavor too. Uh, again, on Patina's original, so uh, dandelion. Has uh, some gospel singers with a second line groove, mm-hmm. and then we still have some, you know, just traditional bluegrass. A hundred miles is on there, and mm-hmm. uh, and we have a uh, patina's a uh, really cute song, our homage to the nineteen twenties. I don't need no glasses, which is based on the um, harmonic device of five foot two and, and many other twenties tunes.
1: Yeah,
0: we always think of our band as a mixture of. Um a lot of different styles, but we we call it Americana and uh, 1920s in New Orleans, and then of course there's all kinds of other flavors, world music that jumps in because of the musicians we play with and with the mm-hmm. influences we have.
1: The um, title track. Is there anything specific that inspired that?
0: <laughs> Do we want to oh, know? Oh <laughs> yeah. So so two things. I I was sitting uh, around with them. Um, Nick Miles Griffith but David Pleasant and myself, and we were playing a groove and and um and this groove that came out um David Pleasant was doing this amazing rhythms to it, and I was writing uh, like I was writing inspired by the sounds I was hearing, and so the feel of the song jumped out of that and but it was definitely the the lyrics are come from the news and from mm-hmm. everything that's happening in this country, just mm-hmm. like I was feeling like everybody, um, there was too much people yelling at each other and 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 not respecting each other. And, and of course, um, I, I was really fearful myself of what could happen at that moment right, right. when the election occurred. And so... I needed an uplifting message for myself and for everybody that, that we just like fear is something that brings us towards hatred and not mm-hmm. understanding each other. And we have to get out of fear.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I, I um, kind of figured that, that it was something along those lines. And, and, uh, you mentioned that some of these tunes had, had come out of your experience with Folk Alliance and places like that. And so, um, I, it made me wonder how much of the music for you guys has changed or how much the the things that you've gotten to do over the last year has changed the style and the way that you write songs.
0: Hmm. Interesting. You know, I, the way that I write songs, usually it, it's a very slow way. Like I've been writing songs for such a long time and, and they they flow out of me. And sometimes a, a, a topic will be in my head because what I'm thinking about and maybe, like, three or four songs flow out, and if I catch them, I record them, mm-hmm. or I or I write them down, I can catch a lot of songs in the same day. <laughs> and then we'll play them uh, with the band or just me and Nick or just myself. I'll play it a bunch. And, and whatever sits with me, and, and I continue on to, wanting to play. And, and also I get affected deeply by, like, the reactions i get from people so mm-hmm. i i love writing and i could write a ton of songs and then we we take them out and and when people react visibly to them and it's it's really nice to keep them
2: it's such an organic band i think uh, bettina's really easy to work with and she's affected by the sonority that we provide or like she said we'll be on a gig and if Miles does some crazy thing, that becomes part of the song or yeah, okay. uh, some instrument that I bring in. Or the audience, you know. I know you played um, I Wish the World Knew Wife in front of my mom, I think, when you were first writing it. And just her, she, my mom was always a fan of the blues, you know, with with my dad's sure. music. And uh, I think her reaction actually maybe shaped the song or inspired you to keep writing it.
1: How much of the um, the jazz approach to music of improvisation filters into what you guys do you you're writing these songs and their original songs how much liberty do you take with them when you're playing them out live to 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 change them around a bit as you as you find them fitting into your sets
2: oh great question yeah 100 percent liberty they could become a completely different song (laughs)
1: uh
2: and it's not even jazz too it's all the improvised musics that i play so even playing african music there was a lot of improvisation and then i play brazilian music but to answer your question, some songs just can go anywhere. And it depends on the parameters of the gig. So if it's a long gig and we have uh, playing a house concert or playing two sets, a concert with two sets, and we say, hey, we'll stretch out on this song. But then other songs, actually, in the studio, we took a little bit more of a pop music approach. And that was just because of logistics. So certain songs were really felt right at a specific tempo. We actually used a click track, which I've never done as a band leader before. I've, I have a lot of experience playing in other bands doing
1: mm-hmm. that.
2: Mm-hmm. So... um with our, our sound engineer is a brilliant musician, Lenny Monticello, and he suggested that and that helped. He has a one-room studio um, where we record in New York City. So that helped to uh, be more efficient because the other songs, actually, we would record, do a bunch of takes and then maybe not even use it and then re-record them. So for us, it's more of a, a process. Yeah. But I think we lean more towards being organic and just um, going in any direction. We've done house concerts will we'll jump into an aretha franklin tune at the end of the concert because hmm. it felt like that was the vibe and yeah okay and we just uh wanted people to have a good good time
1: <laughs> i would think as entertainers that would that would keep the uh the energy and the fun level uh, at a much more high than if you were working your way through a preset list of of ten of your hits and you kind of had to do them the exact same way every time because everybody expected them to be that way uh, it, it, it sounds to me like it it uh, lends itself to uh, as a band to kind of have a lot more fun with what you're doing
2: oh yeah and it, that's, that's exactly true and also just being pl- pl- making my living basically as a jazz musician I'm used to transposing on the fly and hey let's just bring this up a half step in without even talking about it and we don't have to have any uh, okay. music although I have another you know separate gigs that I do and I'm either reading a book on Broadway where I'm studying the book or playing a recording session. But um, yeah, since I'm the leader of this pit, I feel like we have complete 100% freedom. <laughs> right, music right. can go anywhere. Okay. And the audience can affect it, too. They're out sure, in the audience yeah. singing. I love, uh, Pete Seeger really resonates with me, the way he gets everyone to join in and it becomes such a new, um, a new thing, like the, the song in that moment, or uh-huh. like you said, like not going by a set list. I, I,
0: it's been really quite, quite an experience being with this band because I'm a songwriter, and a lot of times I play my song the same every time. Uh-huh. As soon as you mix in these other musicians, <laughs> uh, they have all these amazing ideas, right. and it's really fun for me. It takes me on such a ride, and, and I hear my songs in all kinds of different ways that I, I hadn't imagined. Nick's the imaginer, and then he brings in people that also are great imaginers.
1: Do you ever find yourself as a songwriter struggling with the song that you originally intended being transformed into something else?
0: Not usually. They uh, the things that they create can easily be like turned in a direct, different direction. If I I say, "Ooh, let's try something different," uh-huh. okay. But I'm I'm usually. Uh, really happy about the things that they come up with. Yeah,
1: that's
0: good. The only time we struggled was right before we got married. I wrote this song, and we recorded a version that was the folk finger-picking version that I loved, and then we also recorded a reggae version <laughs> that Nick loved, and we couldn't figure out which one to put on the CD that we were handing out to all of our guests. <laughs> so we had to do both.
1: Yeah, well, that's a good Bo- compromise. Both versions exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I read in the um in the notes that you guys sent over something that that kind of intrigued me. Um I noticed that you got a comment from the London Times. Um unfailingly high-spirited was their their comment about your new record. What what does it mean to have the London Times um take notice of a project that you guys have done?
2: Oh actually that yeah that was for um the very next thing that was for the last album. Okay, all right. But um but no, but they still still holds true I think
0: It's so exciting I think so, <laughs> and so we, honored, yeah. we love being high spirited. That's yeah. one thing that as a singer songwriter, sometimes you're there by yourself and you can get into all these slow vibes, or you can um, all of a sudden you're playing with these musicians who have all this world music influence and the nineteen twenties and New Orleans, and it's just it really jumps yeah and and the whole band together feeds off of each other, so yeah. the spirit does really uh, kind of get carried away. It's really fun,
1: unfailingly so apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes, we never fail to be hydrated.
1: That's awesome. So what's what's on tap for the rest of the year? We're looking into the the new year, the the new record again is um, "Get Us Out of Fearland," and that comes out uh, in about a month. And uh, so then, what what's the rest of the year look like?
2: It's hard to look past it. I've been focusing on just the radio, sending out so many CDs, and we've done a lot of. We've been blessed with a lot of radio interviews, this is the most we've ever done. So we're excited to see what the results are for our charting. Yeah, platform. we are
0: touring <laughs> yeah, in North Carolina and Tennessee. We're, right. We always go visit relatives and play um, at all kinds of wonderful places.
2: We're excited to have. Um, Isis Music Hall in Asheville on our um, on our tour for oh, the first time. Hmm. We haven't played there. And um, that'll be August uh, uh, Yeah, August 26th, that Sunday. Okay. And then um, the week before, we'll have um, a couple shows. Like, it'll be on a website if people go to Uh But we'll be playing a Blue Plate special on that Tuesday, the 21st of August. And then uh, a great venue called Behind the Barn. Hmm. And uh, that's going to be August 23rd. Wonderful musicians from Also known as Bar- Bartley's. It's in Maryville, Tennessee. Okay. And then a couple of radio shows in between. I know we're playing Wets in Tennessee and Johnson, yeah. Johnson City, and then also uh, in North Carolina we play What's Up? It's like W H U P S.
1: Okay. Cool. And,
0: uh, and don't forget the release concert. We yeah. have. A uh, that's yeah.
2: right. That's the biggest. Really
0: thing exciting ever. concert coming up because we have a lot of people on this album. And, and, we're, and we're gathering them all together. We don't usually tour with them all. Like It'll be either me and Nick, or me, Nick, and, and another musician when mm-hmm. we're on tour. And in New York City, we, we some often have a few more people, but this will be almost everybody that's on the album all that's together.
2: And that's uh, June 14th at this amazing venue, which I was just there last night visiting them, uh, Drum. It's D-R-O-M. Okay. Sometimes people pronounce it like drum, like a drum. Right. It's D-R-O-M and N-Y-C. And that'll be June fourteenth, uh, Thursday, and we're gonna have um, maybe one or two opening bands, which we're working at the logistics. So right now it's a surprise, and it's like yeah. you know seven o'clock show, and yeah, like Bettina was saying, everyone involved is, is going to be there in one in one night, and that's what's exciting. Yeah. So we have Kenny Kosick and one of the uh, gospel singers, uh, also an amazing jazz singer, Stephanie Rice, will join us. Artie O'Hara, who plays the uh, the organ on Dandelion. I actually, I play organ on Dandelion in the beginning, and he covers, he covers the rest. And yeah. Emiliano Valerio will be there. Of course, Miles Griffith and um, Harvey Worth, that drummer from Cyrano I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. will be there.
1: Cool. Um, so obviously they'll be able to get the CD there. Um, where Where else can they find it when it comes out? And obviously where can they find your your back catalog and, and uh, the, the yeah. most recent CD?
2: The most supportive to us and to all musicians, as you know, Greg, is they go to the <laughs> musician's website or right. literally contact at com, and we will put one in the, in the snail mail for you. Probably get it quicker and then it helps us um, sure. out the most. Yep. But we're still waiting to see if we're going to be picked up. We were hoping um, that some, we're looking at some shopping around some record companies and we may go the independent route. I'm sure route. you're
0: going to be able to find it yeah. on it'll all be on all the, the places. online yeah.
1: places. Okay. Very cool.
0: com, most likely.
1: Yeah. And and tell me the website again.
2: Oh yeah, it's uh, com, and it's the word banjo B A N J O and nickaroo is N I C K A R U and I I post daily to Instagram and Facebook uh, so people can follow our daily yeah. uh our know, daily lives.
0: <laughs> cool. <pretty much.
1: laughs> cool. Well, it's been fun guys. Thanks.
2: Oh yeah, thank you so much, Greg.
1: Yeah, we wish you the best. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely.
2: We love your newspaper, and I loved uh, being part of it, not only like last time we saw the reviews, but all the other bands that you support and all the, your um, interactions with the Americana world. And, and also, you have a very eclectic taste in music as well.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Nick. I appreciate that a bunch. We wish you guys the best this summer and, and with the new record, for sure. And hopefully you'll get many more reviews from across the pond.
2: <laughs> yeah, we've already been blessed. But, uh, Elmore, Elmore Magazine, I, know, uh, I think this month or next month, Acoustic Guitar magazine which we're excited about and of uh, you know any many more to come.
1: Yeah, cool. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football